So I'm going to be preaching on hosting the presence today. Um, if you weren't here with us last week, uh, we were going through the three values that we have as Cash Fire Church of power, uh, oh, sorry, presence, encounter, and transformation. So in October, we're doing presence, and then November and December, we're doing the other two. And I'm really excited for this today. I kind of feel, I kind of feel nervous. Like this is our first sermon series we've done in a long time. And so I want to set it in the right direction here. And uh, yeah, so I'm, the main thing I want to communicate today is... Uh, that when God, when we actually host God's presence in our lives, it changes our lives. It changes the world around us, and um, and I really want to show what it's rooted in. And so, I think for me personally, just realizing, um, oh man, sorry, my notes are frozen up here. Hold on. So for me personally, in my testimony, something that's been super significant is that. Uh, the Holy Spirit, when I was saved, when I encountered God in the basement when I was 16 and I was uh, broken and I was in the lowest place of my life, um, I heard God's voice and I heard a really tang- his tangible um, voice in my, and, uh, like in my ears audibly. And, and since then, I've always been changed. And I think something for me personally is um, I'm, I'm so touched by the concept of God's presence because um, it was his tangible voice that actually inspired me to follow him. And it was his presence that actually um, drew me into his arms. And I think sometimes we get stuck in our theology, and, uh, and that's great. And we need to, we need to be grounded uh, and, and sound in our theology and our doctrine. But also, we need to emphasize his presence. And we need to emphasize um, God's presence in our lives and his voice in our lives. And it's something that we cannot go without. Um, and I have a friend who's in university right now, and he's, he was telling me that actually in his university, he's got tons of secular friends who are um, hungry for spiritual encounters that the church is just not offering. Um, and so these, these secular students are actually, they see psychics weekly and monthly, and they're trying to have a spiritual encounter uh, because a lot of the church actually isn't facilitating God's presence and his Holy Spirit. Um, you know, in Bill Johnson's book here, it's so fitting that he wrote, he wrote a book called Hosting the Presence. Um, and so I'm going I'm to share a little bit out of there today. Uh, but, um, you know, a lot of the church actually would not function if we didn't have the Holy Spirit. As far as the secular, or not the secular, sorry, the conservative church, a lot of it would not actually function, um, or would still function, sorry, if the Holy Spirit was not present, where um, God is wanting us to have a church that if he wasn't in it, then 95% of our activities would actually stop. He wants a, a church that is, is presence-focused. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit from this book here. We're hosting the presence. This is Bill Johnson here. He said, I'm not sure when it happened or even how it happened, but some, somewhere in church history, the focus of our corporate gatherings became the sermon. I'm, sur- I'm sure this change was subtle and was even justified. It's the high value we have for the word of God. But to me, it's not a good enough reason. That is not to devalue the scriptures. It's just the physical presence of a Bible should never become the replacement of the spirit of God upon his people. Israel camped around the tabernacle of Moses, which housed the Ark of the Covenant. This is where the presence of God dwelt. This was the absolute center of life for the nation. It was practical. Sorry. It was practical for them. Israel camped around the presence of God, while the church often camps around a sermon. Somehow we must adjust whatever is necessary to rediscover the practical nature of the presence of God being central to all we do and are. Come on. That is so good. We need, to be sent, we need to be centered on God's presence. When you come here, I don't want you guys um, to have an idea that it's someone, if someone's preaching or if someone's leading worship that we actually gather around that because that's not what we gather around. We gather around God's presence here. Um, and we want to be a, a church that is presence-driven and, and presence-focused. And so this graphic is pretty cool, hey? By the way, my wife made it. I just realized how cool it looks. But um, 
we really want to be uh, presence-focused. We want to be so focused on God's presence that um, is the centerpiece of our church. And I really believe that, actually, if we want to have the same impact that Jesus had on people's lives and in the world, we need to be presence-focused. He was a person uh, that was completely absorbed in God's, God's presence, and everything he did uh, was facilitated by the Father. What is the Father doing? Where is his presence leading me? Um, and we need to be a people that have that same attitude and the same priority of God's presence in our lives. And I believe when we do that, we'll have the same purpose and same impact that he had. You know, and for me, at the end of the day, I think personally, um, you know, I have two rings here. This is my wedding ring. This one here is actually um, a ring that God um, gave me. I went and bought it, but he spoke to me about it. And it just symbolizes that at the end of the day, I just want to be more in love with God. I want to be more in love uh, with him. And if I, if I don't have that at the end of the day, if I'm not more in love with God, then I actually miss the point of that day. And... Um, that's something the Holy Spirit spoke to me a long time ago, so I went and bought a ring to physically um, represent it. But I think at the end of the day, we just need to be more in love with the Father. We need to be more in love with God. And when we do that, His presence, His presence is within our presence. And, and God is present in our presence when we just focus on His love for us and loving Him in that relationship. You know, I really believe that if we have a face-to-face relationship, it will actually change our lives radically. That if we get before the Father daily and we just are face-to-face with him in his presence, it will radically shift everything in our lives. I remember my, my auntie, actually, this is kind of a funny story. She's not, uh, she's not Christian, and she, uh, when I first got saved, she looked into my eyes, and I remember her just saying to me, she's like, man, something is freaking me out about the way you look. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, do I look different? And she said, no, like, there's a presence about you now. Like, there's a presence when I look at you. Like, you were like, piercing into my soul, looking into my eyes. And you're piercing into my soul. And there's a presence about you. Uh, and back then, I had no idea what she was talking about. But looking back now, um, God so radically saved me. I believe, I believe it's God's presence that was actually, um, you know, touching her in that moment. And um, I've, I've actually had great conversations with her about that and what that presence is. You know, I think in our... In our lives, when we actually yield to the Holy Spirit, uh, God purifies our minds, he purifies our hearts, he purifies our souls, and we begin to more look, look more like Jesus, and our hearts come alive to his, our purposes in Christ. And so in order for this all to happen, in order for us to actually host God's presence, we need to realize first that we need to fully surrender to the Holy Spirit. We need to fully surrender, we need to fully say yes to God's Spirit. I think I just, I just want to pray first. I think I need to pray before we keep going here. Um, if that's cool with you guys. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much. I feel, I feel you shifting my sermon, Father, um, into a different direction. God, I feel uh, your presence in this place, God. I pray that all of us, God, as we continue, Holy Spirit, that you would, you would be here, God, that we could host your presence, God, in this service here today, Father, that you could touch lives, Father, open ears, open hearts, Jesus, um, to this message, Father. And, uh, Yeah, we thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your grace, God. And I pray that you would come and just begin to touch people with your presence right now, God. I pray that you begin to fill people again with a new baptism of your spirit, God. I pray that you begin to renew our minds of what it means to host your presence into all of the world and represent you, Father. We thank you for that in your name, Jesus. Amen. You know, I think in our lives when we actually don't fully surrender to the Holy Spirit, it's always rooted um, in three areas. I think it's either fear, control, or pride in our lives. Um, I think if you have a problem with surrendering to the Holy Spirit and surrendering uh, to the purposes uh, of God in your life, it's usually rooted in control, pride, or in fear. Uh, and, and we need to overcome that. We need to realize that if we're going to host God's presence, the first thing is we need to surrender. We need to fully surrender to God's presence in our lives. 
And I really feel like when you are in your workplace, people should be able to tell that you're different. You know, if, you, if you're in your job or as, um, as a parent or as a friend, people should be able to look at your life and be like, man, you are so different. There's something so different about you. We actually need to carry the presence of the Father in our presence. And when people encounter us, they look at us and just say, man, there's something so different about you. What is that? And that is our chance to witness there. And so my definition of hosting the presence here is living a lifestyle that intentionally honors his presence as a priority over everything else. When we host our presence, we are changed forever, and our world around us is changed forever. So I'm going to go into my first point here. Um, you know, what is, the, what is hosting God's presence rooted in? I believe hosting God's presence is rooted in sonship. So punch your neighbor and say that. Hosting his presence is rooted in sonship. Not actually punching, just nudge them. So again, when we, when we actually uh, host God's presence, when we realize that our priority is to be a son or a daughter before God, um, that is actually the root of hosting God's presence. That yes, first we need to surrender to the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives, but we need to also realize that we need to fully spend time with the Father and everywhere we go, uh, let the Father be present with us and where we're going. Uh, I think... You know, I think the difference, I think, between people who really go out and see the Father do amazing things through their lives um, is people that they don't just make this um, something that they do, but that's actually their priority, that it's their priority to host God's presence, their priority to host the Father within their presence as a son or a daughter. You know, I think it was in school ministry where I learned, you know, we sometimes think we should have priorities of like one, two, three, where it's uh, God first, and then my spouse second, and then my friends, my family. But really, it's just God's presence is our only priority in our lives. And that needs to be the one thing that we're focusing on. You know, and so back to my testimony, I think, when I think about um, my raw dedication to God, and why I think I'm so, why am I so dedicated to God? Why am I uh, so passionate after God? And as I was writing this, I began to actually ask myself, you know, where did my, like, where did this passion for God come from? And uh, I think the most powerful thing when I first got saved or when I first um, really met God is, what, is um, the fact that he said, my son, this is not who you are. He said, my son, this is not who you are. Um, he didn't say, hey, my follower, hey, my disciple, and those things are great, but he said, my son, this is not who you are. And when he said, my son, it completely changed the way I thought about myself and the way I thought about life. Um, and I think it was the revelation that I'm like, oh, we're, we are family. Like, oh, we're family. You care about me. I'm not just another person on your list. I'm not another person on your checklist. I'm actually your son, and we're family. In Matthew 3, uh, verse 16 to 17, it says here, And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him, and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, This is the Son I love, and my greatest delight is in him. I'm going to read that one more time. And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him, and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, This is the Son I love, and my greatest delight is in him. So good. I'm read through the footnotes here, actually. So in the, the footnotes here, it says, The dove is a symbol for both meekness and purity. Two gentle animals are pictured at the baptism of Jesus. A dove rest, resting upon a lamb. If you want the presence of the dove, which is the Holy Spirit, you need to have the nature of the lamb, which is humility. The implication is that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and never left him. 
In him I find my delight. The church's story in Jerome affirms the additional words were spoken by the Father. My son and all the prophets, I was waiting for you, that you might come and I might rest in you. For you are my rest and my firstborn son who reigns forever. And I love that. I love that the Holy Spirit, that the Father was just saying, I was looking for someone to rest in. I was looking for my son to rest in, that my Holy Spirit could rest in. And when I was preparing this, I felt the Father say a few things. I felt him say, uh, my sons and daughters know me because I know them. My sons and daughters rest in me because I rest in them. Sons and daughters host my presence naturally because they know how much their father loves them. They know they don't have to be perfect with me. They know I care about every area of their livelihood, that I'm wanting to spend time with them and be present wherever they are present. You know, and so I think if you just think naturally about, let's just say, someone who is an orphan and someone who is a son or a daughter, you know, orphan when they're with their, the person who's adopted them, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of issues going on internally as far as um, self-rejection, about not loving themselves, about not trusting other people. Um, and when they're with their, when they're with their um, guardian in public, it's hard to trust. It's hard to show um, affection and actually have that place of trust. Uh, but a true son or daughter, someone who knows that they are adopted, that they are loved, that they are cared for, they trust their father. They are open. They want to be everywhere with their parents when they're kids, you know, when, <laughs> until you grow up and you're like, don't come near me. But you want to have your father with you, and you want to have your parents with you. And I think that's the difference when, um, you know, when we have these orphan tendencies, as we do as humans, uh, where we don't want to be, uh, we, don't, we have, you know, problems trusting people. We have problems actually um, being open with, with God. A true son or daughter will actually know the father's love for them. Um, and in that way, actually want to spend time with the father in public and, uh, and have their mind renewed and their heart healed. And I think at the end of the day, God is actually just simply looking for people, um, looking for his children to host his presence in. Because he can trust them, because he knows them, because he actually knows, hey, you've spent time with me, you know me, I know you, I love you, I trust you with my purposes and my plans. And the Father, he wants to be present with you um, at your job, among your family and your friends. Um, and he's the loving Father that wants to spend time with you wherever you go. Yeah, and so I think if we really think about it just... Um, deep down, if we actually just allow the Father to be present in our lives, that's us hosting his presence. He just wants to be among his children, both broken and found. He wants to be among them. So hosting the presence is rooted in sonship. Hmm. Hosting the presence will automatically change the world around us. So nudge your neighbor, don't punch them, nudge your neighbor and say hosting God's presence will automatically change the world around you. So good. So this is pretty cool here. We have, um, I have a quote here from the author of VeggieTales. Who watched VeggieTales growing up? Huge thing. <laughs> Still currently? Um, but in Holy Ghost Reborn, um, has anyone seen those movies, Holy Ghost Reborn, Furious Love, Father of Lights, those movies? Yeah, amazing movies, right? Um, so he says in there, in one of them, he says, Walking with Jesus, filled by the Holy Spirit, is so much better than anything you can do for God, any work or any art, because you become the art, you become the work. It's so good. You know, a lot, I've actually talked a lot about reaching out and being evangelistic and, and, and loving people and be, having an outward expression of faith, but what he's talking about here is, completely, is something completely different. You know, I think the world is actually just waiting for us to be transformed into the image of Jesus before them. 
that people at your work, if you actually just walked filled with God's Holy Spirit, if you're walking with the Holy Spirit, being transformed in relationship with God, active and alive, I, there's no way you're not going to be radically transformed from the inside out. And so I want to talk to people in here. There's some people in here where, you know, maybe you're new in your faith and, and, um, or you're, you're, you don't even know God yet. And he wants a relationship with you and he wants to transform you um, into his image um, and fill you with his love and his, and, and his image. Uh, but even the people that have been Christian for a long time, I really want to encourage you guys that when we are actually intentional with God, when we actually are intentional with um, walking with the Holy Spirit, being transformed by him, um, it will radically touch everyone in our lives. Because we become the work and we become the art. We become the expression of God that the world is longing for. You know, I had this picture when I was, uh, when I was going through this uh, and, and preparing this message. And it's like we're a walking canvas. It's like, um, you know, I'm a walking canvas here. And as I'm walking uh, and, I'm, and I'm obedient and I'm open to the Holy Spirit's leading, I'm open to him pruning me and changing me and growing me. Um, I, have, I have this open canvas where he's painting and he's adding new expressions. He's painting us. He's splashing different colors of paint on us. He's um, removing marks that we've labeled ourselves as. Maybe that's rejected or not enough or, um, or self-hatred. Whatever those things are, he's cleaning those things off. He's painting you as we're going. And that's what it, it looks like when we're actually obedient to the Holy Spirit and we're filled with the Holy Spirit in our lives and we're walking with him. He's completely just changing us and forming us into his image. And I believe that actually we can have an impact from just simply being transformed with God. And uh, previously, you guys know that I worked at YFC. I was a director at YFC for a couple years. And um, when I first started in the organization, this is the first time I've actually said this publicly, um, is, uh, but the first, when I first started there, I felt God speak to me and he said, Chris, you're actually here to bring influence to the organization. They are actually here to influence the organization, uh, love them and serve them. And I want to see transformation here. Um, and I want to do it through your life. And, you know, I'm naturally like, okay, God, I'm like, how the heck are you going to do that? And, um, but he just says through humility and through confidence. If you just partner with me through humility and through confidence, and if you serve and if you get low and just love the people, let me just get on to them. And um, I'm re- I, rem- I, was, uh, I remember sitting there with my two interns, um, and we were actually watching Holy Ghost Reborn as, like, the start of our um, internship. And these are two, two people from Germany who have, like, never seen miracles or anything. And I'm just like... This is what we're doing here. Drop in this movie. <laughs> this is happening here. Todd White, all that stuff right here. And, um, but as we were sitting there, we're watching, and I remember the, the director of operations, he comes in. He's kind of like one of the higher-up leaders of the organization. And uh, he comes in, and he, I'm kind of friends with him, and he knocks on the door. And he's like, man, do you ever work around here? And I'm like, nope, just watch movies. And so, but he sees it's all about God. And so he uh, gets inspired, and he's like, man, can I sit down? Like, what's going on in this movie? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so... He sits down and begins to watch this movie with us, and, um, and he starts getting radically touched by the Holy Spirit, like radically touched. And I remember he, like, he said he was going to stay for half an hour, and then he watched the whole movie with us for like an hour and a half. And he just looks at me, and he's like, if this is real, then my view of Christianity is completely shattered. He's like, like you're telling me that people can get physically healed by the presence of God. And I'm like, yeah, man, like, it's amazing. And he's like, so you're telling me that, like, you can walk out in the power of the Holy Spirit and his presence will touch people if you're obedient. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's all bingo. And so he goes home and he buys all of the movies, all of the Holy Ghost movies, Furious Love, even, like, the TV show. He gets so set on fire for God in that moment. And, I, and, and see, look, if you look back in hindsight, I wasn't trying to do anything. But I felt the Father say, through humility and through confidence, I will bring change to this organization. And so he's so jacked up on this. 
that a week later he calls a mandatory meeting for all the staff in YFC, which is like 50 people. And these people are not all charismatic. Actually, I would say me and one other friend were probably the only charismatic um, Christians in that environment. And so he calls a mandatory meeting where everyone now, all these leaders of different areas of ministry are seeing this movie and being exposed to the Holy Spirit operating in his fullness. It's awesome, right? And so I still meet with him actually every two weeks and, and, just, and just feel the fire and just love him and, um, because I really believe God wants to bring kingdom change there in a great way. And they're already amazing people, but I just know that if the Holy Spirit got a hold of all of them and had his way with all of them, they'd make such a huge impact in this city. Um, it's amazing. Actually, it started, I think YFC actually started off with Billy Graham being one of the first staff there at YFC. And so its origins were totally full of the Holy Spirit, and it still um, is to a great extent, but I really feel like God has so much more for them. And so that was something simply about not what I was doing. I wasn't going on trying to do things. I wasn't trying to do and bring change, but about being. And about being with the Holy Spirit and being in rest with the Holy Spirit. Being with the Father and saying, Father, what do you want to do? How do you want me to act today? And I remember God would call me out on things, and he would say, you're actually, today you're actually, you're a little bit bitter, like, because sometimes when you're stepping out in, in the Holy Spirit, when people aren't actually receiving it the way you thought they would, and they're a little bit, you know, they, they reject you because they don't want that, then it's easy to get bitter. And I remember the Father just saying, I want to prune that off you. I want you, to have, I want you to have love. I want you to actually build relationships with this person who you naturally don't gravitate towards. Um, and it wasn't about these outward expressions of me doing these things, but about being someone and about being someone who's completely being transformed by the Holy Spirit, even someone who has walked with God, saying, God, there's still things you want to change in me. I think that's what I was trying to say earlier, is if you've been walking with God for a long time, there's still things that God wants to change, that you're not done, that God is still painting you, that there's still a fuller picture, that there's still more that God wants to do um, in your heart that's going to be expressed through your life. This is, uh, I don't mean this to be... um, I don't know, this story, I'm not trying to point towards myself here, but I remember I was in the gym about uh, three months ago, and this guy comes up to me, and he's like, man, can I host you on my TV show? And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? who are you? I don't even know him. And he just says, man, like he said, you are just more loving than other people, and you're just, you're loving, and you're kind, and like, you're just the nicest guy in this gym, and I want to put you on my TV show. Like, what do you do for a living? And then when I shared with him, I work at Youth for Christ, like, I know I'm a director there, he's like, oh, that sucks, like, we can't actually have any, like, um, religious people on my show, so I can't have you on. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, it's all so random, like, okay, now I'm sad and I don't even know why. And, but, you know, I just remember him saying that to me, he's like, what, like, what's different about you? Like, why are you so nice to people? And, I'm, and it was just an easy chance to share with him, like, man, I love Jesus, and he loves you, and he wants to love people, and he wants to express himself through my life, and that's why I do this. And I'm not even, I'm not even trying to toot my own horn, because I think this is how we just should be. I think we should be in an environment when we actually just be ourselves in Christ, in union with Christ, fruitfulness will stream from our lives. Um, I'm going to go to John 15. Verses 4 to 5, if you want to open up with me. Nice. There it is. John 15, verses 4 to 5 here. It says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the spouting vine, and you're my branches. And get this. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. That's a promise. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. It says in the footnotes, The branch of the Lord is now in Christ living in his people, branching out through them. The church is now the lampstand with his seven branches. I don't fully understand that part. But 
The beautiful truth is that Christ is, is what, we are one with Christ now and he's reaching through our lives. And that when we actually rest in our union with Christ, he, he wants to bring fruitfulness streaming from our lives. You know, I think if you're abiding in Christ, there's no way you can't have fruit in your life. There's just no way that you can't have um, people around you being touched by the Holy Spirit and by his presence. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't say here when we start trying to reach the world, um, when we're trying to outwardly express and do all these things, it says when we abide in Christ, when we rest in our relationship with Christ, fruitfulness will stream from our lives. It doesn't say when we're, out, we're going out there and we're like, okay, I got to go. And I think the biggest thing is there's this huge pressure sometimes, I think, for people um, who go and do, who do evangelize and who are intentional with evangelizing and trying to go out there. There's this pressure that you're like, I got to go out there and, and say this and do this and, and this, this high-pressure thing. But I think when we just simply stop and just rest in Christ and wherever you're at, just have a relationship with him in a really deep and intentional way and say, Father, right now in my workplace, at my desk, begin to change me, God. What do you want to do in my heart right now, God? How do you want me to treat my, my coworkers? God, how am I not looking like you right now? What do you want to prune? And what do you want to grow in our lives? I think when we have that simple union with Christ, fruitfulness just streams from our lives, and people can tell. I remember when I, uh, when I came to Christ, I remember I had so many friends who were drug addicted and drinking, and I still have friends. I'm actually meeting with a friend um, who we started smoking weed together, and he's got off weed, and I'm actually meeting with him um, the Saturday, next Saturday, like before we leave to uh, Dominican Republic, and so pray for me, actually, that he would um, encounter God's love and have an opportunity just to receive Christ or um, that there'd be a testimony. So pray for that for me. But I've actually, I've had this relationship with these friends over the years where they, where they come to me, not because I'm going out trying to preach to them, and I've tried that, and it just does not work. Like, who here knows when you try to preach to someone you love, it just does not work. They can feel the agenda. That's what I'm trying to say. They can feel the agenda. You have an agenda that you're like, I want to accomplish something. And that's not what God wants. God actually wants us to be in rest with him and so full of his love and his presence that when people see you, they're like, man, this is so attractive. Like, I just want this. Whatever's in your life, I just need it. I need need a taste of it. I need to do whatever you're doing. And it's been time and time and again that all my friends who used to do drugs would would just come like, like, man, can I just talk to you? Like, I don't know what you're doing anymore, but like, can you pray for me? I know you're a Christian. And it's not me, but it's actually the presence of Christ saturated on my life. And it's the presence of Christ on your life when we're in union with Christ, that people will just come to you and say, man, whatever you have is so attractive. Like, you are so full of love. You're so free. You're so full of joy. I just want a piece of that. And I believe that's how we're supposed to represent Christ and just let his love ripple into other people's lives. You know, if I look at my own family, I won't go into details, but there, there's a lot of brokenness in my family. And it was never me going out again with my sisters or with my mom or my dad. It was never me going out trying to preach to them um, and trying to, trying to do something that ever accomplished anything. That's actually when I got rejected. It's when I was in relationship with them close and just loved them and accepted them and let them experience the love of God through my life, but not in a way where I was preaching at them. And I'm, all, I'm okay. Sometimes you need to call your family members and your friends on sin or things going on, and you're like, that's just not good. But the best way we can evangelize and love the world is by being an example of his love and representing the Father. And let the Father be present on your life. Let him have his way in your life. I remember when I first got saved, my parents, they, they looked at me, and I was um, started spending time with God. I didn't know how to get close with God. I had no one tell me, no pastor or anything. So I just started spending time with God um, in my room alone, and I would talk to my wall. And I'm like, God, I think you're there, so I'm just going to talk to my wall. And, but I remember actually getting closer with God, and my parents were like, what is happening to you? And they said, what has happened to my son? Like, where did the old Chris go? And I'm like, oh, man, he's dead. He's gone. But... 
you know, the change be- began in their hearts just from seeing what God was doing in my life. It wasn't for me trying to do something. So I felt God say this. Um, he wanted me to share this this Sunday. He said, I, wanted to f- I want to find my people who will let me show them the beautiful pieces of art they truly are and let me love them, prune them, and grow them to become all that they were born and predestined to be in Christ. The transformation I'll do in their heart, lives, and character will be the testimony to everyone in their lives. And I really believe that when we actually are just intentional in our relationship with God and our union with God, you know, we actually are transformed into everything that God dreamed of us to be since the beginning of time. And that's how we get there. So hosting God's presence will automatically change the world around us from us being the testimony. So nudge your neighbor again and say, hosting God's presence will change our internal world. You know, so this is kind of, this is something more personal I'm going to share with you guys. Um, when I was in high school and, and even at pa- like the past few years, I struggled with a feeling of not being enough. And you don't have to send your sympathy this way because I, I, like, it's okay. I dealt with it. I am dealing with it and I am dealing with the Lord. But um, when I went through inner healing with Claude and Yvonne, who are not here today, Eric, Eric's parents, um, it was something that was really hit on the head and something the Holy Spirit brought up. Um, this feeling like I wasn't enough. And so... It was rooted in things like in high school, I always hung out with older friends. My friends were always like, you know, five, six years older than me. Um, and it was just rooted in something simple that I felt like I had to perform for them, that I had to try and be someone um, that I wasn't so that they would accept me. Um, and so out of, and I think some of us can probably relate to that, just the, the pressure to be something or be someone maybe we're not to be accepted. And out of high school and even the past few years, I really dealt with that, never feeling like I was enough. You know, at the end of the day, I would look back on my day and like, oh, I wish I could have accomplished these three more things. You know, and I wish I was more like that person. I wish I could be more like this. Um, And it was this deep-rooted pain and wound I had in my heart that I felt like it wasn't enough. And so for me personally, the past few years, God has began healing my heart in that area, really healing my heart that I'm enough. And at the end of the day, that no matter what I do or um, if I do great or if I don't do the best, at the end of the day, I'm enough before him. And not just enough, but I'm more than enough, that I'm loved and that I'm cared for and he cares so deeply and intimately about me. And personally, this is another reason I'm so, I feel so passionate after God because of the significant change God has done in my own heart. And God cares about us. God cares about the things in your hearts that no one else sees. God cares about the hidden things, the broken things, the the areas of insecurities that we all have. Everyone here is insecure in some way. (laughs) Just want to point that out. We don't want to show anybody that. We don't want to be open with about that because that shows weakness in our society. You don't like that. But, But before God, he wants to really heal our insecurities, heal our wounds. And God begins to change our internal world when we're when we're intimate with him, when we host his presence, he begins to heal our internal world. He does things, um, you know, externally and through our lives, but even more important to him is he just wants to touch our hearts. And he wants to heal us. He wants us to be people that not only, you know, can, you, can people tell that there's a presence on your life, but they also can say, hey, there's a significant amount of emotional health that you have. That when you come to work, you're actually happy and you are free and you're full of love and you care about yourself and you care about others. That all stems from God actually healing our internal world, right? I think it's something, again, and we, we preach a lot about this here. We share a lot about it, but it's so important that we have our hearts healed up. Um, because what's not transformed in, inside of us will be transferred onto people. And um, if we're going to host God's presence, well, I think he really wants a host. He wants someone that can carry his presence who actually is emotionally whole. Um, and that doesn't actually operate out of their wounds and um, project their insecurities onto people. 
And I think there's probably times where we can all relate and say, I've definitely uh, projected my insecurities onto people in different situations. It's just real. I know I have. I'll be the first one to say it. Um, but God wants people who are healed up. God wants us to host his presence. And when we do host his presence, it begins to heal our internal world. Yeah. Psalms 139, verses 23 to 24. Boom. <laughs> there you go. It says here, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious ways, glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. That's so good. You know, the best thing about hosting God's presence is we get free heart checks. We say, God, how's my heart actually doing? Because sometimes for me, I don't always know how my heart is doing. You know, I have multiple times where I'll talk to Katrina or even be talking with God. I'm like, why do I feel so weird? Why do I feel off? Has anyone ever just felt weird for some reason and you have no idea why? And you're like, ah, just, I feel so bummed. And you're like, I have no idea why, no reason to. I'm so lame. God, help me. No, I'm just starting. But you know what? We get free heart checks. We can say, God, search into my heart, God. Gaze into my heart, God. And if there's anything in me, God, that I am leading myself towards pain, towards destruction, or just, God, if there's any area in me that is wounded, Heal me, Father. And for me, personally, when I, you know, with this feeling of not being enough, um, the past few years, um, it was this beautiful thing where I began to host God's presence, and in that, he began to heal my heart, and there was affirmation, and I got my sense of value from the Father's voice and from his presence, and um, God really began to work in my heart. And I can say, honestly, I feel mostly free from that area. That's awesome, right? I say, obviously, still struggle t from time to time with things, but God actually, he wants us to host his presence, and in that, he wants to heal our internal world. You know, I think even this week, it was crazy. I had a cloud over my head. Um, as I was writing this sermon, and as I was, I was forming, I felt this huge cloud over my head, and I didn't understand why. Why do I feel cloudy? Why do I feel so, um, like, confused right now? And <laughs> I just remember the Father just saying, why don't you just pull close to me? I'm like, yeah, okay. And I started to pull close to God and rest in his presence, and I felt this presence, and instantly, just supernaturally, bam, it was just gone. The cloud was just completely gone, and there's complete clarity. And so I think in our lives, we need just to really emphasize the need uh, for, for healing in our lives. We realize it comes from hosting God's presence. It's actually through facilitating his presence in our lives.